Hey everybody, welcome to a conversation on the book of Mark. And today we're in week 14, talking about chapter 13. And Rich's computer can... Don't worry, her. I'll do what I do. That's all right. Oh, uh, we, 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 it's not you per se. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Didn't mean to be so quick with it. It's fine. It's fine. And we're back. So Rich. Yes, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Please. It's good to be back. Where are you? What? Kim, what are you what have you been working on lately? Um, I know this isn't a trick question. It just kind of feels like it. I <laughs> okay, with the able, let me be more specific. Okay, yeah, that'd be helpful. More specific. Uh what are some of the things that have to happen to remove? Oh I got a really good box. Like a good, you know how like movie box? One box? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you say? It has handles. One it box it, Wait, it, it, you're celebrating, was it really singular? Yes, I got one box. Yeah. <laughs> okay, come on. So why do you want to celebrate with me? So it's just one, it's like a good moving box where it has a lid so it's not one of those ones that you have to tape down. I hate taping down the boxes because I always think that you can put more things in a box than you can and then you pick it up and then you start to stay happy. Why are you taping? No, like moving boxes, you like usually. Am I been moving wrong? Why are you just looking at me like I'm crazy? Oh, don't I you do, tape I, down I, your I boxes when you move? No. Okay. Are you. I don't understand. Are you, foldy, foldy. Are you carrying the boxes one at a time by foot? Um, yeah, because I'm the only one moving. She's carrying this single box. A thousand times, I guess. Oh, no, no, no. Good box. It's just my first. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the first box that I've gotten so far for the move. And I know that it's I don't need here ready. <laughs> and I sold my couch and I sold my coffee table and I sold my like little like coffee cart thing. It's good. This and I fit in the box. I, they wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm very excited about this box, okay? And it's going to work really well for like my picture frames. So basically a lot has to happen to move and I'm not looking forward to it. And I made a rule when I moved into the place that I'm at now that I wouldn't move for two years and because I made it two years. I did try to move early, but that was understandable because of the whole flooding. Yeah. So that was kind of a big bummer. But now I'm all internal flooding. Yes, of the apartment. So I'm really looking forward to moving, but I know like right now I'm excited, but like the days of it, I'm going to be so mad. Mm -hmm. I, here's the thing that I need to learn. I need to ask for help. There's such things. I let happy mover. When are you moving? Um, yes. Someone has a blue murderer. From uptown to North Loop. Cool. So that's not North Mill District. I don't yeah. know. It's almost the reminder. It's like literally right there. It's the street behind Washington. I shouldn't have forgot. No, it's blessed. Greg's mom. <laughs> that's what you told me. Now Greg's mom knows where you're going to live. Anyway, no, there's a, that's a really long road. Yes. Anyway, no. it's fun. All the military files get shared. <laughs> What's the building? I mean, stop it. I'm not that stupid. Wow. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for help this time because I always move by myself. Yeah. Because I'm the one that chose to move, so I need to move things. Oh, I know. I'm aware. So <laughs> I decided I'm going to ask for help this time. Are you? Yes. When it gets closer. Good. Hello, boy. 
I already have the, I already know my plan for a moving truck. And Rich said, oh, things can fit in my t- van. And so Rich also told me that. This is how it's time to move. This is how it's Rich, just so you're ready. Kim was going to text you and say, hey, I'm ready to move. I'll be there in 10 minutes. No, I would never do that. I would say this day <clears throat> in like two weeks. Hmm? I'm really excited. I think this is going to be good for me. It's going to be so on my way. To get help? Yeah. Yeah, where people will look at your stuff and go. No, because I'm going to double tape the whole I'll cat shed a lot. And then you'll say, I don't have a cat. I don't know if you're going to need a van for your one box. I <laughs> Just for me to lay down then. Oh, All everyone else is moving my stuff. Oh, this is going to be like a vacation. Are you gonna like right? a, a, you're going to have so much help. It's going to be just like a human train where we just pass oh, the feet. I don't have like cordless that advice. I have you three, Rachel. My other friends are going to be busy for sure. Listen, Rachel, with her broken leg, she'll be running now. Well, we've got the cargo bike. But so, if you take the box yeah. down. The box is the box. The box. Oh, the box. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's, I won't take the box. I'm so excited. So what are you doing to prepare now? Um, got a box. I got my box. I'm, I'm wait, selling okay. all my stuff. Wait, 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 wait. I do. How can we... How can we make it so that you have more than a box? Is there? I just any... need to get more boxes. I just haven't needed things. Is it possible to have two? I still boxes? have like a month and a half, so I don't want like a close. Did they say yes to that? What? Yep. Yeah. I mean, the one that I looked at yesterday, it the move-in isn't until June, so I didn't even have to have that pulled it. Oh, good news. And so then I have like a three-week overlap, so I'm past the like yeah panic, and I've never had that before because I'm always like, I'll just do like a van for two days and it'll be fine, and then you're like, oh my gosh. All my belongings are in a van for two days, and it's the worst. That's so I'm living. Unless you're also living in the van, then it's easy. That's not a bad idea. So to prepare, I am <laughs> getting selling box. things. Going to get some more boxes. Oh, I'm going to have to. Do you, you want to do a little? Let's do a little commercial for things that you're selling. I don't even know what else I'm selling. Yet. There's all my stuff so far. So freezer and ice machine box. I that's gonna think about you have to move it. So that's the other problem so with boxes. I've always had to think of like. But if you have health, that's not you that has to do it. Oh, yeah. My so my rule. Okay. Is that I, everything I had to? I I like to help mm-hmm. people move. I know eventually, but if I show up and they go, hey, you can start boxing stuff up, I say, let me know when you're done. I'm I'm a good box mover. I'm not a yes. I'm not a box filler. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, and a little guy just poked his head. Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't. I don't know. I I should be willing to load boxes. No, I think that it's fine. I don't want people. You don't want me. If you don't want me loading boxes, <laughs> packing my things. Get you back in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Pack. I will like you, the sweeping arm you movement. You pack it. I'll move it. Okay. Are you in? And depends where it is. In perspective. You're a wise person in a little apartment. You don't have any stuff. That's what Tori told me, but I feel like I have a lot of like things. You, you need to you need to help okay. someone move that has three kids and has not in the same place for 14 years. Ooh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like imagining like my childhood of like oh I I'm I didn't move any. We could put those tube TVs in a box. Yeah. Uh, I did have one move moment, two fun move moments that, uh, that I've had. It's been a, it's been a while. This has been probably over a decade ago. But one of them 
I showed up and they had a very, very short window to be out. Like they had to be checked out of the apartment. It was two people. I had to be checked out of the apartment by like three o'clock or whatever. Yeah. And I got there at two o'clock. I'm like, I can get all these boxes out. I'll, we'll do this very quick. They don't, they don't have the kids, whatever. Yeah. And I walk up the stair. I don't even go in. And I take the three boxes that were at the top of the stairs. Because it's like any good move. It's on the third or fourth floor. This was just second. So I grabbed the three boxes that were outside. And I just didn't even say hi to anybody. Just loaded them right into the truck. And then I went into the apartment and nothing else was packed. What? I'll be back in three. They were, they had a pay funny. Like the building was like, they were there for the checkout. But... And then another good one is that, uh, which happens, but it was uh, mom and dad and two kids and the dad got called to a work travel thing like the night before and had to leave. And so I went to go like, hey, I'll be able to help, help you guys get loaded up. And uh, I go there and uh, it was, the dad was gone. They didn't get any other help. And so it was me and a bottle of just a little, little kid and like a two-year-old. And so she had to take care of the kids. And so I just had this moment where you do the math and you go, I have to touch everything. Mm. Everything that's going to move is going to be something that I touched. Yeah. Was this you fast up or corn? You fast up. Uh, I was early. They might have crossed over a little bit. I, I'm sure I didn't use youth gas God. But I do, I do like... Were you, were you still using large, large visuals in your sermons? I do think uh, that uh, the thing that I really love about moving is that it's a very, like, it's a tight moment where you can go, oh, you need help with this and I can do it for this amount of time and it makes a a significant difference. So that's nice. It's a a thing to do. Yeah. And look at it. It's okay. I also do like, like, I like helping, like, if I see somebody trying to get something crazy out of their car into our building or whatever. And like, I love diving in and having with those moments too. Crawling into the back seat. Yep. I did get caught this like a week ago, two weeks ago. I don't know. On Monday, I washed my car and usually some other cars in my parking garage that my hose will reach. And then I caught washing somebody's car. What? That <laughs> sounds so uncomfortable. They were, no, they were appreciative. I'm sorry. I got curious. That's like you telling someone that they need to get a car wash. You think? Did you get a car wash? I did get a car wash. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks very nice. So I, I think if, I, if I'm going to wash my car and then I've got all the stuff, it's, it's seven minutes to wash another car there. It's very nice of you. That's good. It's good stuff. It is. Good. You, you, don't wash, you don't wash strangers' cars? No, but you're also like a different breed. No. <laughs> It is so generous. Could not be me. You could do it. You can, do you know what you do is you just start washing people's windshields. Like in traffic? What do you mean? Behind <laughs> me, just on a little walk skate. Just like up top. What a biggie that cried. So preparation. Preparation. We, uh, today is we get to Mark 13, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last last week it was really a growing theme through the last I don't know it's at least half it's got a bit that's really a theme throughout the whole book of what's really the most important the goal of Mark is introduction to 
the process of relationship with Jesus. And Mark is not trying to just force us a bunch of information, but just mocking us in the process of struggling. Who is Jesus? What is it to have a relationship with him? Seeing people really get it. And then, man, for chapters, it's people who should get it perceptively, but don't. And uh, part of the thing that's disarming in that is that if there's a lot when you go, I'm so frustrated. I feel like I'm such a failure because I don't really get it all. Well, I would perceptively, I would say if I spent a year or years with the physical presence of Jesus, I would want to get it. Yeah. And here are people that apparently it's not that easy and it's uh, not, uh, it truly is a lifelong process because they didn't. And so uh, we've, I get talked quite a bit over the last couple of weeks about what matters most and, and working in the process. And then Mark does a big, there's this tone change that happens between 12 and 13, chapters 12 and 13, where all of a sudden it really moves into this moment again. What really matters most, he has, this is the greatest commandment, love God and love people. And then he t there's the story of the widow giving these copper coins and saying, this is beautiful. She's She gets it. And these other people don't. And uh, then the next words are him moving to Mark bringing it to the narrative of uh, preparing yourself for uh, the coming of Jesus. And uh, Greg had quite a few things to say about <clears throat> just it was like even just on our staff uh, trying to grow. We take turns in, uh, teaching, training, speaking to whatever, to each other, leading conversation in that. But Greg brought up the challenge between goals and uh, responsibility. Stewardship. Stewardship. And uh, it's so fascinating. How do you talk a little bit about that? Because that's, I mean, maybe you were trying to be intentional in the timing of that. No, <laughs> but it's like that is what comes as we think about being prepared. It really comes down to the difference, the tension between stewardship and goals. Yeah. Well, I think the the problem with goals is often they're so, there's, so future focused that the impact on the now can go sideways or be weird. I think we see that yeah. in churches today with uh, like in preparation, the goal of heaven or salvation or whatever it is. And then the way that's played in the now is so weird and that can be screwed up versus I think when the focus is to be good stewards with what we have, that I believe that prepares us for whatever's next. But I also think that that makes us live in the moment of like, what do I have? What can I do now? Instead of like, it doesn't matter because everything's going to burn. Well, then it's well there, there is a weird, I mean, you can, I don't, I think it's an anomaly. I don't think it's very common, but I think it can be done where somebody would say, heaven's my home. And so I'm going to heat my house with, by burning crude oil <clears throat> uh, in a pit because I don't, don't polluting doesn't matter. And I think that, but, uh, I think there's a lot of problems. <laughs> there's a lot of where to start, where to start with that. Yeah. So I think, think the constant reminder of like, well, how do, how do we become who we're supposed to be for the future? Well, what do we have now and what can we do now versus the, I think even sometimes too, with when you focus on future goals, it's easy to throw your hands up like, well, I can't do anything about it now. I just have to wait. Yeah. 
Versus if you focus on stewardship, it's like, oh, I, there are things I can do now that matter. There, I think it's, well, why is it so easy to yeah, fixate on the ideal of a goal? And uh, like those simple responses are paralysis because it'll never be able to be accomplished. Yeah. Or uh, indifference because it's so far away. Or... Not um, um, apathy because it's not all up to you. And so like, there's just a million responses. Yeah. And it's not to defame goals or hopes either. No, Because it wouldn't come back to heaven, you know, if you say, don't have hope in the unseen or you know, we, we are called to have hope in an eternity but that hope in eternity can't be something that causes you to miss today well yeah i think if if the perspective is like hope you have to have hope for something that's completely out of your control for today and then that's not really hope is it but if there is like my hope for the future empowers me to be good stewards with the things that i have now that's that's way different yep yep if the, you know, your apartment of the future. <laughs> I do, well, this isn't you, but I do think that often, uh, I do think it can be, as a gross stereotype, it can be an uptown thing, which is just happenstance that you happen to live in uptown. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Kim. It's not my fault. Thanks for being part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that it's very easy to have, uh, uh, uptown has a higher than normal percentage of people that are in a bridge point in their life. They're going, when I get a real job and when, I'm, when I move to my real place and I finish grad school, it's a lot of people are going, life will start later. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, it, putting all like churchy follower of Jesus things aside, that has some impact on life. <laughs> But it changes how you act in it now. Like if it, if life is really what happens in the future, then now it doesn't really matter. So, well, you, if you have a neighbor and you say, I'm going to be here for three more months and a neighbor passes you the hallway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. There's definitely consequences and back to those things. Yep. And that in a, unfair parallel but it's really the point is that if you walk by somebody you say my home is in heaven and you walk by somebody you go you're not you're not my local yeah yeah nancy that's heavy it's gross i mean that's that's how it this like i mean this part of scripture is really tough to to dig into because of uh, culturally how the church is communicated or how Christians have like lived it out and so I think it's it's easy to hear Jesus communicate be prepared and just think of all of those people so like when we first dove into it I was like I don't, I don't want to talk about this and yeah, I don't want to do that it's stupid when, when I, when I it hear, makes people dumb when I hear the be ready part like be ready is active not passive so it's not like 
you know, what we were talking about, be ready for the future and don't focus on today. It's, it's like baseball. When you're ready in baseball, if someone's up to the plate and they're going to hit and you're in the field, you don't just wander around or sit down like you are ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Wearing that at it and peewee. You know, peewee baseball, it's like, man, you if you're in the outfield, it doesn't matter. Like, you got to be ready. And when you're ready, you're watching, you're set. Like, and for us, being ready doesn't mean just be watched and said and wait for Jesus coming back. It's watch and said and wait for how you can impact the people around you. Yeah, Lord Jesus comes back. Yeah. I think so much. Of, yeah, it's character. Like, it's yeah. one of those things of like, even if it is like you're in between, like, I'm only here for three months, whatever that is. You can still be a good neighbor. You can still like reach out and be like, this doesn't have to like just be a passing thing because like mm-hmm. I'll still be like I can still connect with you. Like twelve Sunday afternoon grill outs. Sad. But yeah. a lot at Sunday afternoon grill outs. <laughs> but yes. So just like a lot. Yeah. A lot of things that Mark really those themes that we've talked about sort of fold in on themselves and the the like what rich is saying to be ready is about awareness and that awareness to work out is already at work ahead of us and then mm-hmm. to be good stewards when we are aware of those things of what god's already doing and how could we participate I, I think that's the that's being prepared is awareness tied in with stewardship key because if you if you just pick it up at chapter 13 and just go i better be ready and forget about the greatest commandment forget about the internal readiness as opposed to just the external readiness like the greatest commandment is not to be ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the the challenge has to be um it, it goes back to the other gospels bringing and a, a bunch of these narratives to light too of again a thief coming in the night if if you know when they're coming, you're going to be ready at the waiting for a bride's groom. You're going to, a bridegroom, you're going to, the, the parable is that if they're long and coming, they're long and uh, not being able to arrive. <laughs> it's important. It's important to uh, not have continual and ongoing preparedness. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Any other thoughts? <laughs> I think the greatest commandment plus being ready is all tied together then later when Jesus gives active, active, like an active lesson to make disciples. It's all like, okay, love, love God, love others, be ready. And now the stewardship is care for people, make disciples as you're going, not just in the future when you're like, when I go back, you know, when I come back. But if, if, if the greatest commandment, if getting it, if the process of having a relationship with Jesus is all done at a finish line, I can't wait till I have this all figured out until I really feel, and you neglect where you are today. Uh, we don't have it all figured out. We're not all perfect. We're not there, but this is at the moment where Jesus looks down at you. Relationship with him is in, you know, it's not effective or real. It's uh, running towards that and do it again and again. And we get, we get to enjoy that uh, opportunity to walk in that grace. That is grace, is that you don't have to have it all figured out, don't have to have it all <sighs> completed. Uh, it, it isn't just grace is that it isn't just happening in heaven. 
this. Now, the kingdom of God and relationship with God is the now and the not yet. Yeah, the participation is full of grace. Yep. It's good. And so today, our goal is to not just say, live your life like it's happening tomorrow. Yep. But our goal is to, if you know, if you know, if you know. Yeah. <laughs> Our goal in this weekend's conversation is for each of us to evaluate not only where we're going, but what's under our feet and how can we be good stewards of it. Cool. See you guys next week.